Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast, where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions and some other video game odds and ends for a nice little discussion. I'm Dan Tucker, and with me, as always, is El Ray. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest is someone that I can't believe it's taken 31 episodes, well, 30, this is 31, to get him on the podcast, because he is one of the cogs that make channel three run the man is just putting work in every day and i don't know if it gets recognized enough if you notice but i'm glad to have him here jay davies is on the podcast how are you doing today sir oh ray dan thank you very much for having me i'm excited to be here uh, i wouldn't call myself a cog in the wheel of channel three i'm just agreeing to say underneath wheel that joel is glad to be part of the ride glad to be a witness on behind behind the scenes things and we're really really just happy to be part of the community and be part of the crew thanks for having me here well we're happy to have you and we're going to jump right in here first game on the list super mario bros and i i feel like it matters so i have to ask this question first is it on the nes or is it on the super nes i have very, i've learned multiple ways to say this we have super nes i'm gonna go with super nes today because that was the latest one that i heard where were you, you mean playing it- this game I was playing it on the NES. On the NES? That's, a, that's on the amazing. Nintendo. On the Nintendo. Oh, that's right, on the Nintendo. Yeah. I, have another, I have another thought on that, by the way, but I'm gonna, I'll get into it later. So tell us. Do you Super guys get Mario this Bros. out of your system? Are you, are you both done now? Are we good? good? By the way, I have, a, I, I have an issue with people that say the PlayStation 1. I think it's an insult. It's the PlayStation. And then there's the PS2 and the PS3. It's the PlayStation. I'll I call just, it the PlayStation uh, or the PS. I will call it the PS One periodically. Now they they made a PS One. That that was yes, you're correct. They did. They did actually make a PS One, but the PlayStation is is the system. Anyway, back to the list. Why are we starting yeah. with Super Mario Bros. Jay? Yeah, so I was born in the late '80s. I I don't remember us not having Nintendo, and I don't know if it was just because it was one of the few games that we had when I was uh, so impressionable, but I don't know. It was the easier or more fun, more entertaining game. So I would just pop in and, and I only had an older sister. So it's not like I had older brothers that were gaming with me. My sister didn't game too much with me. Um, so I just pop in Mario and, and just play and play and play and play and play and play. Um, I, I mean, it's just like that is my, uh, my gateway into gaming as is so true for so many people um, that are from that that late 80s, early 90s, or any time in the 80s, probably, time period where, like, that is your gateway into gaming. And the game holds up. Like, the game 100% holds up. I remember in, like, 2011, I had an Android phone with an HDMI, like a mini or micro HDMI port for output, right? And so what did I immediately do? I immediately went and got an emulator put the, the the ROM on my phone and then started playing on a 57-inch Mitsubishi HD rear projector from like laying in front of the, the 57-inch, you know, in college, just sitting there and playing Super Mario Bros. Like, like I, I, it is a classic timeless game. The movie is out now. We, we just bought the digital version after seeing it in theaters and watched it this past weekend. And, you know, it just holds up. Like the, the gameplay, all of the soundtracks, I don't know how else to... Describe the goat. Uh, yeah, as of this showing, it's actually it is number three animated movie of all time. It's now just behind the two Frozen films. I also we just bought out digital as well and watched it for a second time, and the movie was still great the second time. So why do you think why do you think the game holds up so well? Because I agree with you. I think there's a lot of games that you play and you feel like wow, I just, it just doesn't work anymore. But this game works. It's very smooth. I, I mean. So the first, first and foremost, the, the soundtrack is very engaging. So it doesn't matter what, what world you're in or what level you're on. You're engaged with that and you're either humming, tapping your foot, or you're, you're going along with it. Um, and it's setting the mood, right? Second, second in that is there's so many different Easter eggs, not Easter eggs, sorry, um, hidden aspects in the game that like, if you haven't played in a while, like, you might not exactly remember all of them. Right where all of the little hidden aspects are, and, and then it, you know you've got the option like, do I go warp world and just skip to the end, or do I try to play through? You know, there's so many different ways that you can attack the game and 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 try to get engagement and gameplay. And then there's two player, right? And 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 you know the two players like 
trade off back and forth. It's not co-op playing or anything like that, but but there's just so many different ways to get involved in that game. You know, whether it's like, okay, I'm going to go and and try to speed run this, or I'm going to go and try to find all of the mushrooms or break all of the bricks and get all of those 50 points at a time and uh, do whatever it is, right? Or I'm going to try to beat this game on firepower only. I'm not going to beat a level unless I'm not, unless I'm on firepower, you know, kind of setting your own goals or whatever it is. Um, the game is just so challenging in so many different ways to play it. It, it. I don't know, just to me, it holds up mostly in nostalgia probably and, and, and the fact that I love it, but it's not easy these days. It wasn't easy back in the day, but it's also not incredibly difficult. So, you know, you can get a six-year-old, a seven-year-old in on the game and they'll figure out how to get through and to advance level by level. So you ever think as you were playing this game, I was, you were young at the time, so I don't know how much we think about this as kids, that the side-scrolling plumber who is fighting a giant turtle was going to be the biggest video game character we ever had? Like, right, the, like the concept doesn't really make sense, right? It's just kind of random stuff thrown, thrown at a wall, but it happened to all stick. I probably think I thought Bowser was a dragon as a kid because he's spitting fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had any clue that Mario was a plumber, you know, I, but no, I, I, I would have never thought that that would be the, you know, like, so I, I, I had a, I had a PlayStation as well as a Dreamcast, you know, and Sonic was real big with the Dreamcast, uh, the, the Sonic uh, 3D World uh, version of the game. And then, like, I remember Crash Bandicoot with PlayStation being real big, and Spyro. You would think that these games and these characters would take off and, and potentially be, like, face and image. But no, Mario. Mario's the man. Like, Super Mario 64 was was an amazing game, and, and, and Mario in and himself is just so iconic. As a six-year-old, seven-year-old, you would never think some side-scrolling game that's really basic and rudimentary is going to be it when there were more advanced games out there. So playing on the NES, did you have, was your cartridge, did you come with Duck Hunt? Did you play Duck Hunt as well? Did. I remember the original box that we had. I don't know why we still had the box like in 94, but yeah, I I still had that. Um, I had MTV Remote Control. I had a bunch of random games that I played, but yeah, we definitely still had the light gun. At some point, I was an idiot, and I cut the cord off the light gun to use it as a toy. But, you know, that's what happens. On that tragic note, let's move on to game number two, where we head to Minecraft, a game that has survived many years, many many an iteration at this point. So I have to start off, you know, what was your first console for this? How did you play it? What was, was it PC? Where, where did you, where'd you jump in? Probably 2012, Xbox 360. It'd been out, it'd been kind of popular before that, but I, I hadn't had a console uh, since a PS2 at that point. Um, and my brother-in-law gave me his old 360. That was like, you know, the smallest memory, all of that, because he, he got a bigger one and he was like, hey, you can have this. And I had heard through the church that I was going to at the time, some of the, the, like other youth and and like college age kids and all that were talking about Minecraft. And I was like, all right, it's like Legos is what they're describing it as. I love Legos. I love engineering. That's the way my mind works. Connect sets are the amazing. Let me download this. It's 20 bucks. Let me see what it's about. And I'm hooked. And I was hooked, right? Like the, the eight, the eight bit or maybe a 16 bit, whatever it is. The block graphics are fantastic and, and very entertaining. The, the ability to just be creative. And, and I think my favorite part of Minecraft is the physics and integration. The fact that you can build a computer using redstone. I know it gets a lot more in-depth than that, but but using pistons and and the sticky goo and all of that, like to develop actual machine mechanics and simple machines is amazing. I, I just can't believe that they, somebody took such a simple game that looks like a 3D version of Super Mario Bros. Uh, and then turned it into, you know, a physics designed game where you can build a computer, build a calculator, and these things do actual binary operations. I have a degree in mathematics and I was studying mathematics when I was playing all of this. So apologies for that. Something where you do all these binary operations and, and it holds true. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun in that. Um, so I guess it's just bringing back that nostalgia, that childhood of, of building and being creative, but in a video game now. 
So I have to ask because I, I didn't come along to this until much later, but that's a story for another day. So you mentioned this was the Xbox 360 days. Did this have a manual at that point in time? Like how, or did you just get dropped into it? I think I downloaded the digital version or something like that, or a digital copy through the Xbox Play Store or whatever. So no, no manual. I just got dropped into it. So how did so how did you talk, talk to me about that? You get dropped into this block world. You're probably in the middle of a field or the middle of a forest, and then what? What did you do? Like how did you figure it out? Walk me through that. I, I want to understand that. Like any good game developer, there's some there's some hints along the way. Like you know, you point your cursor and it says dig. But you know, you go and you walk around, you explore, you kind of just press all the buttons and see what button does what. Uh, you realize, oh, I can collect these materials. Okay, let me let me start collecting that, and then you know, you go from there. You realize, like, okay, let me go check out and see what YouTube's got going for this. And and back then, Red who whomever made Red versus Blue, uh, Rooster Teeth, Rooster Teeth had Let's Plays, and I think those are like peak 2013 popularity. Man, watching those those Let's Plays with Rooster Teeth on Minecraft were hilarious. They used to rip each other so hard, and it was always a good laugh. So it was, you know, part of it was, hey, I'm going to go watch this Rooster Teeth and laugh and kind of see what they're doing as well and 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 the, the tasks and whatnot that they're, that they're doing. So. so did you play survival, creative? Did you just want to experience it? Or how did you go about picking uh, how to play? I... I don't know. I guess I guess I played. Yeah, I remember playing a lot of survival, not in the sense that like I was doing it to like w like better my gaming or anything like that. But it was all a creative outlet because I would be like, okay, I want to mine real deep, and I want to you know build an underground lair and this really awesome fort. Like it was totally me being a child, right? Like I want to build this awesome fort that I'm then gonna. It's going to be protected. Nobody's going to be able to get to me. You know, it's going to be castle-esque. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to tunnel myself a channel with a boat that leads me to the river from my fort if I want to go out to the river. And also within my fort, you know, I'll have a spiral dungeon staircase all the way to bedrock where I'll be mining for whatever I want for lava. You know, I don't know. It's just an opportunity to be, to get creative and and to really like build out like, all aspects of the life, if you will. You know, like if I need to go to the river, I have a direct connection. If I need to go mining, I have a direct connection. I can go fishing from here. Do what you need to do to survive and to keep advancing. So what was your most epic creation? I don't know. I don't know if I really remember, honestly. A lot of life has happened since then. Father of two, so a lot of lack of sleep. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I would describe any of it as epic. It was always... Something I did in spare time, nothing I gave a lot of de dedicated time to, but I absolutely loved that creative that creative time. But I think at one point I mimicked somebody's um, trying to remember cre like creeper farm, if you will, or or I don't remember the exact name, but it was more or less like a zombie farm, like where like you're farming zombies, like you're growing zombies and then killing them for the material that they that they give you. Any, so you mentioned the machines. You talked about the the redstone, and I, I've learned quite a bit about all of that and effectively conducting electricity. And you talked about kind of building some machines of varying degrees, everything from a, a light switch or a, a lever to power a door to you know setting off some remote dynamite. You talked about you know, using some of the goos and slimes and whatnot to build some sticky bouncers, TNT launchers, some things along those lines. Any uh, any fun machines that stick in mind? I mean, I remember building like trap doors and like a giant platform that, you know, more or less setting up myself, setting myself up um, Goonie-esque booby traps, right? If the Fratellis are chasing me, I step over this switch and then boom, you know, everybody but Chunk and I are safe. I mean, Chunk and I are safe. Everybody else is, is toast. Uh, I, 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 that's kind of how I used it, right? Like when I'm catch when I catch myself in a pinch, right? And I've got a spider chasing me or a a mob of creepers or whatever it is, right? Like I know I can go this specific route, step on this trap door and I'm good. I think that's a crossover Minecraft missing out on. You could get Mario, Luigi, Wario skins in Minecraft. We need a Ma Fratelli skin to replace the Steve and Alex skin. <laughs> I think that's an opportunity for them there. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be wonderful. So uh, one I'd really would be the best skin though. 
<laughs> just the skeletal version from the uh, from the pirate ship. I'm Absolutely. sorry, Ray. We gotta move away from movie discussion. Ray's Ray's getting getting giving us a side eye here. Hey, one last question. So, do you still do you still play Minecraft? Do you still pick it up once in a while? I know you don't have a console, but you got the PC there. I mean, I bought Minecraft on my phone years ago, right? So it still transfers with my play account every time I get a new phone. Maybe once a year, I pick it up for 20 minutes. I don't know, just on my phone, right? But I have a five-year-old, right? He's getting of age to start gaming more and to start exploring and be creative. He, We love Duplo in our house. We have a two-year-old, so we're not quite ready for Legos, um, just for a safety issue. But we love Duplo. We love building. So with my five-year-old, maybe it's time to, once we get a console, or I mean, I've got a, a gaming PC now, it, it might be time to start playing Minecraft. You'll be amazed how quickly the kids at school start talking about that stuff. And that I learned from the rest of my kids' classes how to play Minecraft is what it comes down to. That we just started playing, you know, we, we used the switches, played with each other in a, a contained space. And it was like, what do I do now? They were the ones who taught me how to play. Because I was not as smart as you to wander and be like, uh, okay, do I dig here? I just got killed by a zombie and I was like, I'm done with this. This is This is not for me. And it wasn't until my kids learned from other kids and taught me how to play that I started building, you know, Castle J Davies in the background while my kids were off uh, running, you know, crazy missions and trying to see how many zombie hordes they could take on. I'm like, I'm just going to build my fortress up here and you guys can come here when you want to run away. I got you covered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the classic dad role right there. You know, I'm going to hold down the fort. I'm going to make sure that, you know, everything's ready to go. The grass is mowed. And y'all, when y'all, when the dinner bell rings, y'all come home. And let's move on. Game number three, Tetris, which I think it's an, I think that's a new addition to our podcast here. I don't know if anyone's picked Tetris or what version or what system were you playing Tetris or do you just play Tetris on every version you can? Um, any and all versions I can. I remember playing it on my Game Boy Color, but the, where I really fell in love with it was just whatever was on the Android app store in college there was just this one low point in getting a degree in mathematics where it was study 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 all the time and no time for fun so but there was always like you know a 30 minute gap in between classes or whatever and so man i picked up tetris and just had a mission one one semester to beat tetris and i did like i i beat all and so this was the mobile version but i beat all of the speeds and all of the levels on the mobile version. And then I retired. All right. So before we go forward, I have, to, I have to ask this question because all I want to do is cause controversy whenever I can. Uh, what, how, how would you pronounce the, um, what, what the group of shapes are? Not the individuals. Tetri- isn't it Tetrinos? That that's one way to pronounce I don't, it. I don't even write it down for me. I'll tell you how to pronounce it. I don't oh, know. It, it's uh, T-E-T-R-O-M-I-N-O. You could throw an E-S at the end for plural if you'd like. Hmm. So, Tetraminos. Tetraminos. So, so you see, Tetraminos, I believe Dan said that too. That's the one I think I hear. Uh, I would call it, I would call them Tetraminos. Uh, and I go because of that's a the, great reaction you had. That face you just made <laughs> is exactly the reaction you should have had to what he said. First, Tetraminos because because of math, the amazing that sounds like game. a math term. First, yes, number one, yes, and number two because of the game Dominoes. They are it's the same since game Dominoes, so it's just Tetraminos. I'm getting ganged up on by the math guys here. I'm, I'm just yeah, that's, that's I'm just, I knew I'm laying low on this one. Man. Whatever. I I knew JD was would understand me in this here. And so, but I'm I'm so left brained that I said Tetrinos, right? Like I didn't realize it was an M. But yeah, I, I, I've you've heard I probably heard more people call them te, te, Tetraminos. Te, there you go, Tetraminos. I can't even tetraminos. I can't even say it. Tetraminos. Anyway, yeah, I, that was, this is not a hill I'm going to die on. Just so we're clear, I actually may go with <laughs> I may go with Tetraminos by the time all is said done. It just sounds more pretentious. I got to get over it. I guess I don't know. It's like uh, Ted Ted Mosby saying Encyclopedia. 
Oh, what a reference right there, Ted. Well, see now I'm now I'm just smug like Ted Mosby. That's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna take away from this. So tell me, what about putting a bunch of blocks in a line and making them appear makes it a game that you said this has to be number three on my list? Yeah. So for sure, the anxiety that is induced in Tetris on yourself is thrilling. Like it, it's one of those games that is it's like um keep talking and nobody explodes type mm-hmm. anxiety, right? Like you just it, it the tension is there thing is building up to this moment and you're at the top and if you can get this one block, not this one block, but this one tetramino into the right place, then all your concerns in the world go away for the next three seconds, at least. And so you get that one piece, that one Tetramino in, and it feels so good. And then if you lose, yeah, you just get to try again. And But the anticipation, that anxiety, that buildup, it's that thrill, that rush, it's 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 addictive. Um, it's, I don't know the correct science, but it's a dopamine hit for sure. Um, and, and, and I don't know, like, it's just so simple, right? I think that there's four different, no, there's like five different blocks and then they, they change the shapes and the inversions of them or something like that. Yeah, that's right. So simple and yet so beautiful that it's been iterated upon and duplicated and copied and all of that to where now you get like, you know, bejeweled blitz or whatever and things like that where they just take the, basic premise and they steal from it so wait yeah i, I think go ahead dan i i have to ask a question because your, your college experience has come up a couple times now and i have a lot of questions and concerns about your anxiety seeking behaviors <laughs> that occurred here the first time it came out i, I was concerned because you, you mentioned playing on a 57 inch projector and i'll just say my college experience was it was royalty if someone had a 19 inch crt so good for you but I, I'm, I'm really more worried about your you're seeking out of pain, suffering, and anxiety as a result of your studies. Well, listen, as a math major, let me let me <laughs> jump let me in here. For, Help me out, Ray. Let yeah. me jump in here for for Jay Davies. As a math major, we understand when we're at college campus, uh, all our classes occur in the saddest building on the campus, uh, and that's it's universal. It doesn't matter what university you go to, if you you find the business buildings and you know they're new, they're you know really nice bricks. Regal, you find the science buildings, you know, glass walls, these, you know, giant rooms. And then whatever building the math classes happen in is gray. There's still chalkboards because no one actually cares about, you know, using a whiteboard or markers. There's no outlets on the walls because what do you need? What do you need electronics for? You're going to write it on paper anyway. Um, and it's just like, just, you don't no one cares what it looks like because it's it's just going to be anxiety or it's going to be depressing and then you're going to come and do it again anyway because it's the only way the world makes sense is, is this where i have to put in put in an ad for jg wentworth uh servicing people with the white lung from uh from overused chalkboards and math now listen i, I you know what listen, i can vouch for saint joe's in philly everything you just said is correct about the caliber of the math building and the classrooms, think, the math classes we're stuck in. I won't argue that. Never mind. I'm done. I'm out. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and it's so true. I, I had a professor that's a math professor that smelled like cats. I don't think they would let him in the other buildings. Um, guy used to work for NASA, I think. He, like, he's a genius. Um, but it's so true. The life and science building is what ours was. Uh, at Oklahoma, I went. To, I graduated from Oklahoma State. The Life and Science Building. It was the one of the older classroom buildings that hadn't been updated. Um, there was like the old Central, which is like one of the original buildings from like the 1800s at Oklahoma State. Of course, it's been updated though, right? But the math building hasn't. Still smells like the 60s and 70s in there and cats. Um, but yeah, there's just something about being a math major, and it's really. It's intriguing. Math is so intriguing. And you get into like the philosophy of mathematics, whether math was designed or found, if you will, like or created or found. And and you get into these great philosophical discussions. But at the end of the day, yeah, like we still have chalkboards. Like they're right. not updating that. 
Ray gets upset when we talk about movie, even veer towards movies. But here we get to the philosophical uh, concept of pie. And Ray, I have never seen Ray smile more than this conversation. This, this is actually one, this is one of the best conversations of all time because I do it with my students. Until like, what's math? I was like, well, you should definitely take a history of math class because it's some of the most interesting history there is out there. Like, all, philosophy of math, yes. Um, it's just an amazing topic. And I could, yeah, go on, and I could go on forever with it, which would you do here? The most amazing thing is to me is that there are people out there that think that mathematics is made up because I'm of such a firm belief that, the, that it's so complex. There's no way that we could construct rules that hold eternal truths like this. So I don't know. We don't have to get into philosophy of mathematics. Maybe that's saved for, you know, like channel X because X is a variable. Just channel channel um, pi. Just channel pi. That's all it needs. Channel yeah. pi. Explain, exactly. explain pi. Go ahead. Before I'll, I get before we before we get back to Tetris. Oh, yeah. I can explain pie. It's it's round. It's got pepperonis and cheese on it. Absolutely. It's not a slice. You cut it in slices. Pie. You cut it in slices and you enjoy it because it's the greatest thing of all time. Last thing before we get back to Tetris, because we're talking supposedly we're talking about video games here. Um, the grapes, uh, the grapes of math. Great, great little book on on math philosophies and uh, discovering math as opposed to creating it. Uh, so grapes of math, great book. A lot I use a lot of tidbits in it in my class. Anytime my students look like they're bored, there's some real, real fun facts that the world is programmed in a very specific way, and it's it's just really good stuff. This was not so, where I. This was not where I <laughs> saw this. This I, is I the greatest before, podcast like, ever. There, there's ways these go. Like usually, couple buckets. I did not see the philosophy of math being where this particular conversation was going. Should have so seen good. it coming. I didn't realize I was have. getting ganged up on. I love it. All right, let's go with this. Do you know the names? Do you know the names of the of the Tetris pieces? Oh, what do you call them? What, what if, you know, forget about the names. What do you call the pieces? Well, one of them is a two by two square. The other one's a one by four rectangle. Then you've got your two and your five. I don't call them the two and the five. But I'm just a Z and an S. Mm-hmm. I don't call them that. I just I don't I call them anything. Tell. And then you got your L's. That's that's right. Absolutely, I agree with you. You have your L's now. Officially, there's a J, but as far as I'm concerned, there's an L and a reverse L. There's yeah, well, there is no J. There's an L and there's a dyslexic L. There, there you go. It, so there's um, there's a separate set of names that popped up, and let me tell you right now, I only know this. Cause Dan Dan was explaining it to me. But there's a separate set of names where they were called Orange Ricky, Blue Ricky for my L's. Um, the Cleveland Z and the Rhode Island Z for my Z and S. And then we had the Hero, which is our line block, the Tiwi and Smash Boy. That was a separate set of names that showed up. And I feel like like I heard these names when I was a kid, especially like Smash Boy and Tiwi kind of stuck in my head. Um, See, this is this is my generation's version of uh, Shaq being in a genie movie. Hmm. Of, of Which Shaq, is at, Shaq Shazam that doesn't exist. It absolutely it exists. It's a man, it's a Mandela is. effect that Ray's having right now, thanks it's to an real. internet meme. So I I feel like I knew I heard these names as kids, but apparently they are they're fake names. I've never heard them. If I, you Google names of Tetris pieces, it's like the first thing that shows up. I made the mistake of, of ruining the podcast during prep because I should have just kept my not my mouth shut but my typing shut because. I'm, I'm sorry. I got the notes open here. I was working on another editing of another podcast, and I see that thing pop up. I'm like, Ray, don't don't do it. It's fake. It's not real. And because Jeopardy got burned by this one time, Jeopardy actually had a question asking about these names of tetra uh, of tetraminos, tetraminos, whatever you want to call them, uh, and they used this not knowing it was something someone made up on the internet that was fake. And I should I should have let Ray just kind of back himself into a corner, but I no, it was, it was kind of more fun, I guess, letting him know beforehand. I mean, I haven't seen the Tetris movie yet. Maybe that's really helped this myth take off. But no, I, I heck, I, I never had any names for them. Not Z, not S, not anything, right? I don't know what kind of in-depth conversations I've ever had about Tetris, honestly. I mean, I love the game. I love playing it. But I, I, and the reason I love playing it is because it's a puzzle game, right? It, puzzle games are absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, on my honorable mentions, I have another puzzle game. 
growing up going to church, we, we used to call it big church when we'd go to service and like, I would get the kids packet, right. And I would do that. And the Sunday crossword, I would try to do all of these puzzles because that's the way my brain works. That's the way that I like problem solving. So Tetris is problem solving, anxiety induced problem solving, but very, very, very fulfilling. All right. Well, let's take away from here because you mentioned a movie and Ray went from his happiness about the philosophy of math back into giving me some kind of like a, a bull staring at a red cape look. So let's move on to your honorable mentions. You started this one off here with Mario Kart 64. So let's see. Uh, let's see where this one goes. I never had an N64 growing up. Friends did. Neighbors did. The summer latchkey program that I was part of in elementary school did. But it wasn't always about racing. It was the donut battle mode is where it was at. And I, I really wish that battle mode for, in, for Mario Kart 64 was still super popular these days. And maybe it is. Maybe I need to get a Switch. But that is what Mario Kart's all about. It is not about racing. It's about battle mode. Join us. Yes. This is, this is a hot take right here. I like it. This is No, this is not a hot take, actually, for 64. This is, oh, for 64, that's right. Balloon battle. Battle, battle mode on the, 64 on peaked because you had the four controller set up, so everybody was right there. This was... This was mind-blowing stuff when you had that there. So if you had access to the four controllers or you had friends or, you know, at the various groups you were, did they have the four controllers? You're kind of shaking your head there. Like, you, yeah, oh my God. yeah. So I got to ask oh, you. You get screens, you get screen sniped, you get mad, you storm off, but then you call next. See, that's why I wanted to know, were you, were you a looker? Were you? A, were you a, uh, no, I was never. No, I was never. First off, I think uh, I'm a little too respectful to screen snipe. You're a man of dignity in class is what you're trying to say. Yes, go on. And I don't think I'm good enough to screen snipe. Playing Halo uh, with friends, like, I remember being like, what, what's the point of the campaign mode of this game? And they, like, in, you know, like, seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, they were messing with me, and they go, like, look up. You see the Halo? Like, you have to break the Halo. That's the whole point of the covenant. You have to break the Halo. So shoot it. So like, I'm like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll shoot it, see what happens. And then they come and snipe me and I realize what they did. And I'm like, all right, three kills for them. I think it's funny that they think it's funny. So like, I'm just going to point up and shoot and see who can get the most kills. So like, yeah, screen sniping. I'm, I'm not really that great at video games. I don't know why I'm here. Maybe I can leave, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Screen, screen sniping is not me it, and I'm not good enough to screen snipe, honestly. That that was the disadvantage of the. I don't think it was as big of a deal with Mario Kart as it was with GoldenEye uh, or Perfect Dark. That was where you really got into trouble with the uh, the four way screen and everybody being right there and find that picture on the internet of the guys who like took the four pizza boxes and blocked off the screen that way. Ingenious move. Really wished I'd have really wished I'd have thought of that. But I don't think you had the same thing going even in battle mode of uh, of understanding because the map was also on the screen anyway. You could see where somebody was to work your way through to it. I mean, that's true, but at the same time, knowing somebody was like about maybe this is Mandela effect, but I feel like the ghost mode would make you disappear off the map. And so that was a big part of the screen snipe. But, you know, just in general, being able to see like from a different angle, what's happening, what's about to go down. It was all worth it. And so much fun. It, it, mostly like that, that multi-tiered block levels where screen sniping was most important. So did you have a character you rode with? Were you a ride or die character? I was not good enough to ride or die. Uh, definitely tried to do as much Yoshi as possible. I guess, I, I don't know if it's, I wasn't super big dino, into dinosaurs as a kid or anything, but, and Yoshi's just so dang cute. Yoshi, whomever was available. Typically, I would get last pick is what, how I feel. So, you know, whomever was left over. There's nothing wrong with Yoshi. Absolutely nothing wrong for that. So you said favorite course though, donut was the, uh, the donut ring was the way to go. For battle mode, for sure, just because it's great to watch people fall off into the lava. Um, I mean, try your best not to fall off yourself, but 
that's the one that was most impressionable of epicness, if you will. Clearly the block, I think it's just called block or block or maybe, um, where it was, you know, the four multi-tiered blocks. Um, that one was the classic, if you will, but I think the donut was the most fun for battle mode. Playable Characters Podcast. Funny interviews with real video game characters. Hi, I'm Calvin Cato. And I'm Brian McGinnis. And we interview video game characters on our show. We have comedians and actors come on and pretend they're a video game character for 30 minutes. We talk to them. It's all ad-libbed and improvised and always very funny. Uh, Past guests include Bowser, Ms. Pac-Man, Q-Bert, Princess Peach, and Princess Daisy. You put them in a booth and uh, something short-circuited. And I decided that someone was taking too long in the money booth. And I hit her with a baseball bat. <laughs> and oh. thus was born Super Smash TV. Huh. Just like that. I was being raised by a family of, t- of toadstools. Oh. Um, How is that? Is that, that seems like it might be kind of fun. It bit. was. It was, really, like it was really fun. Mario should stick to plumbing. Okay. Okay. He's a very, from what I hear, a good plumber, a terrible hero. Yes. So, I mean, really bad. And I mean, let's not get started on his whatever he is, uh, you know. Friend, brother, special friend, I don't know, Luigi, <laughs> whatever they're doing. They're well, they're that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're right. saying they're brothers because, you know, in the uh, Italian-American community, <laughs> these people tend to not look yeah. kindly on certain relationships. If you want to know what's going on in your favorite video game character's life, check us out. Playable Characters Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, comes out every Monday. All right, let's move on to your second honorable mention where we go to, you just wrote Counter-Strike which leads to a lot of questions. None of those questions, since it's a Valve game, will be, do you mean Counter-Strike 3? Because we will never see a third game from the Valve company ever. We're just finally getting Counter-Strike 2 coming uh, coming this year after the original release in 1999. But I, I see no, so, so what are we talking here when we're talking about Counter-Strike? 1.6. This, this man had a version and everything ready. <laughs> well, they had, well, are there they, other versions? Well, you it had, definitely wasn't Counter Strike Go. It it so that's just you had Counter Strike and then you had like what was the second one called that like Valve didn't even like participate in and and eventually you got to go like Global Offensive was then its own thing. So you're talking the original just Counter Strike. You got bomb defusals, hostages, all all of that. Headshot. Headshot. <laughs> kill. Yeah, that, those were. We played Walmart map one time. You could crawl through the air vents. Like cu- people were custom making Counter Strike maps back in the day. People were modding it where it was scout snipers only, right? Like the, the custom servers and custom games were so fun. Seventh and eighth grade, I think, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. It was just a very impressionable time to be in a first person shooter gaming environment. So was this PC action then? PC action. So, what was the what was your favorite game mode? What, you know, what was your favorite mission game mode mod? Skywalker was favorite mod. Like it was on dust. Like you could like hop up on invisible stairs and just take people out. There's probably a lot of people who are going to listen to this, hear me talk about cheating, and then tune me out for the rest of our encounters. But that's okay. I wasn't cheating. It was just glitches in the game. I believe. But either way, uh, definitely, you know, bomb defusal was a lot of fun. Uh, DE dust and trying to, excuse me, win that mission. But man, it was just anything like a scouts only map where everybody had this single bolt action scout rifle that did the least amount of damage as possible. But if you get that headshot, you get that headshot. That was a lot. It was, it was scouts and knives, actually. Apologies, scouts and knives. That was a lot of fun. So, I mean, it was just one of those that it didn't matter what we were playing because it was, you know, always a group of us playing and trading off. It it was just like we were watching each other. Um, you know, someone was sitting down with the soda and a bag of Doritos and hooping and hollering and laughing and having a good time. And it, it was, I think it was more about the environment that it was that I did it with rather than the game itself. Does that make sense? A close, close knit group of friends in middle school. So it was, it was a lot of fun. The early days of early online days play. Of, yes. Are you, uh, you thinking with uh, Counter Strike Two coming, uh, coming around? Are you thinking about picking, uh, picking it back up? 
(laughs) No time. Nobody got time for that. I've got a a different game that I'm looking forward to. So I I don't really even know what Counter-Strike 2 is. I don't know what... I mean, people are still playing Counter-Strike. I would... I mean, people... I would jump in if somebody was like, hey, we're going to play this, and I had the free time. Yeah, I'd play. Um, I would enjoy it. I'd be terrible, but I would still enjoy it. But it's... Counter-Strike 2 is not one of those that I'm going to go buy or anything. So we move on. Last game on the honorable mentions. Back to puzzles. Sudoku. Yes. Sudoku. So if so, you're not aware with... Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Explain Sudoku. If you're not aware what Sudoku is, all you got to be able to do is count one through nine. That's all it is. So think a nine by nine matrix or a nine by nine grid, if you will. It's three, three by... Or it's nine three by three grids all puzzled into each other. So in one three by three grid, which has nine squares, you have to fill in each square is one, a number one through nine. And then in the next grid is the numbers one through nine as well. So in each of these nine, three by three grids, the numbers one through nine appear now vertically in a vertical line of nine tiles, the numbers one through nine appear same with horizontal. And then the same with the two diagonals. So it is a puzzle game of here are a few of the numbers filled in now using deduction and reason and logic. And then at some point you're going to have to guess and see if this is the right path, fill in the rest and make sure that all of the rules are valid, that you've gotten nine ones, nine twos, nine threes, so on and so forth. It's where you filled this all out and you haven't broken any of the rules, meaning you can't have two twos in a horizontal vertical or in a three by three grid. It has to be distinct for that, for those rules. So uh, puzzle game. Uh, this goes in, back into the college days of when I first got introduced to this, to Sudoku, studying mathematics and just giving my, my mind a break from calculus and physics and uh, linear algebra, giving my mind a break for all of that, but still kind of focusing on the the logic and the reason and the deduction and uh, honing that skill and that that sharpness, if you will. I was going to say, it, unlike Tetris, though, there's no anxiety. You know, it's go at your own pace. You could solve it in a day. You could solve it in a week. There's no rush to it. See, I was it's just trying to figure out if you played it with like a melting candle over your head, ready to drip wax on you to cause pain or something. I felt like that's where this was going, but I guess not. No, this is therapeutic. This was 100% calming and therapeutic, and you needed to decompress and do something kind of mindless. This was mindless to me. So is this, do you, is this something you still do now? It's kind of like a daily routine kind of thing, or just time to time when you need to take a break? Time to time when I need to take a break. Uh, if I pull up my phone right now and I go to my games folder, there's a few games that have been there for years, and Sudoku is definitely one of them. 2048 is one of those as well, where you smash like numbers into each other to sequentially get up to where you uh, 2048 and or as high as you can get. And really bad chess is on there as well. If you if you like chess, you should check out really bad chess on the Android App Store. More or less, take a chessboard, mix up all the pieces, and then go play. Super fun, super super cool. But yeah, it's just one of those things. That it's like it's like a default, right? It's a it's a let me go and decompress with this puzzle. I don't get, I still get to engage, use my brain. I don't get to fully turn off my brain. If I wanted to fully turn off my brain, I just go decompress, watch a movie, watch a TV show, or something like that. So, did you play? Was it always like on a phone or on a computer? Or always on a phone. You, okay. But, I lied. Somebody gave me a Sudoku book and I filled it out one time, but typically on my phone, on the app. So do you, I always wonder this because when you're playing on an app, uh, a lot of them will let you know. Like if I've, I've filled in all the twos, it's like, now I, now like, oh, you're short of this set as opposed to You've doing offended. it on paper where they can't tell you that. You've offended no, no, this I, man, Ray. I know I'm bothered by that too. I don't want to know. Did I put them in before I finished the whole thing? That's what I was asking. There's settings, Ray. You got to get it off the easy. <laughs> this is as bad as when you ask Argata what his class was, not assuming it was going to be wizard. I just, I just had to make sure because it's because it does. It takes, it does. It takes away of it, but maybe, maybe I have to check the settings next time. I don't know if I have Sudoku on my phone. I have 2048 though. That's, I do love playing 2048. You got to check out really bad chess too. Really bad chess. I've never heard. I had not heard that one. That's one. 
I will look at because I love chess too. That's an interesting concept. All right, chess well, chess C three CS coming at some really, point. Really bad not chess. A, not a fit. Well, you know what? Really bad chess might be actually interesting C three CS. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Chess.com has a very nice uh, streaming feature that you can watch people's games. So it's gonna happen at some point, people. Eventually, take note. It's coming. All right, well, this is the point in the podcast where we look to the future and talk about a game you're looking forward to. This is a question that we usually ask when we're going through, like saying, you know, send us your games. Let us know what we're going to talk about. That way we've got a little bit of a heads up and you can plan ahead. And you said, nah, no thanks. I'm not going to answer this one. However, you opted to give possibly the most wholesome answer I could have asked for. So when I asked you this question, what game are you looking forward to? What was your response? Okay, so... I don't know if I fully understood what you were asking, but I'm most looking forward to when my five and two-year-old are, are finally ready to jump into gaming like fully, right? Not sit there and, and struggle through things where it's frustrating to watch, right? Like a train wreck um, or even watch them get frustrated is the, the worst part because then they're not having as much fun. So that's what I'm most looking forward to, honestly, is like the day where it's, and and I'm super close. I uh, just today hooked up an Atari 2600 for my five-year-old. We just got it from my wife's grandfather who passed away. I think it's from 1977, like it's the, or 82. It's like the original Atari 2600. I think he bought it when it first came out. Hooked it up. It still works. And my five-year-old was kicking my butt at Sea Air and Sea Airbase or something like that, right? My, he was beating me at Miss Pac-Man, you know, with the Joy-Con. So like, he's getting there. He's, he's getting there. And so super close, but, but August 4th, 2023 is what I'm really looking forward to because on August 4th, I believe the greatest game possible could come out. Dramatic pause inserted. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles open world. That's what I'm looking forward to. Like an open world Ninja Turtles game. I don't, I enjoy beat em ups. I enjoy side scrollers, but it's long overdue that the Ninja Turtles get the respect of an open world. What? <laughs> Wait, where? What? <laughs> August 4th is the day the movie comes out, right? Uh, so yeah, I, just, yeah. I just threw that date out oh. there. But there are rumors that Paramount is working on an open world Ninja Turtle game yeah this goes, reading, this goes i'm reading about September, it right yeah. now huh you know it's funny because i remember seeing this because you know, like thanks to you and and we'll come back to this but you know we get to monitor a lot of the news sites and figure out what stories kind of you know frankly it drives a lot of the game library <laughs> that uh that we come up with and this is one of those ones much like the last ronin i haven't added it in yet because and that's where i thought I thought the last Ronin was overtaking that, but there's discussion of the uh, mutant mayhem prompting a game release. So interesting. And now I don't want them to rush it, right? Because I don't want it to suck and then them just be like, "All right, this was a bad idea." Because that's not what people. Can we call Brian right now? Can somebody phone Brian in to, to back <laughs> me up? Is the people want? an open world Ninja Turtle game. Like there's a Spider-Man mod where you can put the, like a, a turtle suit on Spider-Man. So it looks like you're playing as a, a turtle, but the problem is you're still shooting a web, right? Like is, that's not a problem, but like, I think part of the missions is to like web people up and things like that. So it's like, it takes away from that. Like, this isn't what I want. Right. As well as like, I don't, I think, you know, the whole point of Spider-Man is like you're up at the skyline, right? The turtles, like, we got to be in the sewers and and the villains, right? Like, I want to see Shredder. I want to see Baxter Stockman. I want to see Krang. So there's there's so much for that. I'm a a big turtle head. Uh, We've bought all of the original. uh, Sorry, not all of the original. We've bought, like, replicas of the original toys from the 80s for my son. We've got half shell heroes, which are really, really fun toys. And then like my son sleeps every night with my original Ninja Turtle pillowcase from the late eighties, early nineties. So like big turtle family. We love turtles. We're super excited for the movie to come out. We have a countdown August 4th, 2023. I'm really hoping they push an open world game because as fun as the side scrollers and beat em ups are, I want to explore that world a lot more. 
The movie looks good. Don't tell Ray I talked about a movie, but I'm excited for it. Ray, Ray, uh, we've got to talk the Ninja Turtle movie, all right? Because it's it's something to look forward to. And if it is going to bring phenomenal video game, then we can look forward to the movie. I agree 100%. Get careful. He's, he turned over an hourglass when we mentioned the movie, and there's only five grains of sand left. So we're going to move on to a, a quest here. Uh, we're going to get away from this because I'm afraid to find out what happens with those last five grains cross before before it ends. Ray might explode. So we're going to go on to our quest, a question from the Channel 3 History books we picked to discuss. We don't tell you what question we're going to ask you about this one, but there's one that popped out to me here that I wanted to hear your answer to. What is the best lesson you learned from gaming? Uh, probably something along the lines of tenacity and grit. Uh like you can't give up because oh, so if you haven't heard so far, I'm terrible at video games. So if I were, I would have never learned to keep going and keep pushing through when, when things get tough, if it weren't for video games and 100%, if I was good, I wouldn't learn that. And if I wouldn't push through, then that's definitely a life lesson that I wouldn't have. So I'm grateful for video games in that regard. I grew up with just my mom, uh, you know, so I, I, she wasn't always available for you know parenting because she you know had to be making money cooking dinner washing clothes running a household as a single parent so you know learning to not give up on super mario bros right even though you know like i could just keep jumping into this dang lava like why do i keep jumping into this lava whatever it might be so so like that is the type of lesson that i feel like i've learned from video games one weekend for the playstation we rented crash bandicoot I don't know why my mom let me rent it, but I beat the video game in like a weekend. Maybe it was two weekends. I don't remember it being two weekends, but because I say two weekends, maybe because hard to believe that I beat it in one weekend, but I beat Flash Bandicoot. Like that was, that was, it was like a hundred and something percent, right? It was more than a hundred percent because I did some side missions. Like I was super surprised and super proud of myself. Don't ask me how far, how far I got on Spyro. We will never know. Thank, th- I was good. I'm glad you got to crash because you flagged. When you answer that question, quest on Channel Three, you fly Crash Bandicoot. I was wondering how that tied in, but that epic yeah, yeah. and kind of bringing it all together—that'll do it. Yeah, I, I swear it was August. It was right before school started, and man, I remember a babysitter being involved. So maybe it was just like my mom went out of town for the weekend or for. But I remember beating the game and getting to like a hundred and twenty percent, and feeling just like so joyous and proud like deep down as probably like a nine or ten year old i think those were some like really formative poor feeling people talk about core memories that was a core feeling of like accomplishment early on and and i'm just super happy about that and the last question we always ask is what's been your favorite feature in channel three but i want to word the question differently since again you are you know such a big part of what we're doing right now everything that's happening what's your favorite feature that you've been part of that you're that you're kind of working on for channel three probably the chat for sure it was something that joel and i had i mean joel's got this roadmap and he doesn't need any of us to get any of this done the guy's really smart it's just a matter of time and, and time commitment but just you know i'd kind of been shooting him some ideas of like hey you could we could build a chat a real-time chat like this and like that he was like, I don't know what any of that means. And I was telling him, like, neither do I. I'm just reading this stuff. Like, I don't know what this means. And uh, so the beginning of season four, we launched real-time chat. And Seth absolutely made it, me cry that night. Not, uh, not really, but I uh, allowed Seth to push HTML uh, injection. And so Seth was, like, displaying YouTube videos, changing all the backgrounds for the chat for everybody and it was just one of those moments where it was like i was super thrilled and i still am about launching this product but talk about learning life mess uh, life lessons and, and tenacity to just keep going forward but anyway sorry sorry to derail like that but no chat for sure um we now insert pictures on chat joel's figured out how to make admins to chats for groups and things like that i think he's on the cusp of figuring out a way to do messaging if you will all because of a little small like hey we should 
scale it on this on this path right here. So I'm super proud of that and, and super thrilled about that. And you know, the super excited to see where it, where it's going to be in a year from now. And with that, we've made it. Oh, go ahead, Dan. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to take this opportunity because the the feature that the only person who benefits is me. I want to thank you for the news consolidation because what previously would require me going, finding a site, pulling information from that, copy, paste, copy a link, paste a link, post a picture. You've consolidated all of that in one feed for me that I can just click. I can add the game to it. I click it off. That also means that all of these games, that there's news coming out about like, hey, this game's coming out in a month. This game's coming out in a year. I can add the game to the library with that time instead. And we've got a nice little library of games to look forward to. So I've just got to take this opportunity and shout out a, a feature that has not benefited the other literal thousands of users on Channel 3, but benefits just me. Yeah, you're welcome. A lot of people hate that feature. <laughs> no, like three people hate that feature. They're just loud. You paid attention to them. They're, the whole point of this uh -oh. is... You don't need to go anywhere else for your all kidding aside. Listen, they may not care about the game rant page, but guess what? It's there and it's available and you can get your game news that you would see on some other garbage social media site. That's a dumpster fire that we don't have to reference at this point. And all that information is there. I used to go to my Google feed even for this stuff. I don't even do that. They anymore. pay their developers on those websites though. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. We're all, we're all chugging along here. <laughs> I'm just joking. I also no, um, I like seeing the news too, by the way. I, I enjoy it too. Uh, Thunderpump went and shared uh, in the Discord chat about the Mario movie like finally coming out, being available for home purchase. But I already knew it was going to be available for home purchase because of the news feeds on Channel 3. There have been a few we times guess. where somebody's gone and shared a Discord link and I'm like, hey, uh, we had it here 12 hours ago. Yeah, well... Yeah. Because of because of other people doing the work, like Game Rant, actually doing the <laughs> reporting. <laughs> we just need to get them officially sponsored in the Consol Channel 3. We consolidate. They get their clicks, okay? Yes, they do. And with that, we've made it to the end of another podcast. Jay Davies, thank you for being our guest today. You can find a podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning. 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray, Dan Tucker, it's all together, and our executive producer, Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. Dan, I told you it was going to be fun. You had I me all, I was looking forward to this. You, you had me all worried, though, that, like, I, I, I don't know what I was expecting. Because I, I got to go back and look and say, hang on, I, now I have to find... I'm surprised y'all missed the golden opportunity on the quest that answer that I gave. Which one? I won a sweepstakes from Pepsi Cola. Oh, no. Come on. That's Dan's fault. No, wait. Hang on. Because guess what? We're still recording. You're going to talk about that now. And I'm adding it afterwards. There it is. All right. So I'm in fifth grade. And like every fifth grader, I'm getting on AOL. And I... Pepsi Cola, I don't know how I got tied into it. They have a video game where I'm playing this racing game, you know, uh, ASDW and my arrow keys, spacebar. I'm playing a racing game on my computer, but they have a contest. Um, and this, let me, let me take a step back. Uh, this fifth grade, 2000, I suppose, is, is what it is. I'm playing this racing game and the con, like, I didn't, like, I guess I realized it was a contest, but like, I was, I was enjoying this racing game. Uh, I like finished in the top 100 or something like that. And so Pepsi sent me before they shipped to anywhere else, a case of code red. And my mom was like, what the heck is this? That is we not a really... natural color of red. <laughs> Humans are not really to consume that. That looks like danger in the wild. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really drink soda, but like it was, uh, it was me who did most of the gameplay, but my friend Zach Schmidt, played with me as well and so like when we realized like we entered it was like hey like we're gonna split this case so like you know it, like and he he went to a different elementary school from me at the time but we knew each other through baseball and then we went to middle school together and so like going into middle middle school was super fun because like zach and i had spent so much time playing that game through like knowing each other through baseball and winning this contest as a 11 12 year old, 11 year old winning as an 11 year old, probably back then wasn't legal. I don't know. 
these days you'd probably definitely have to be 13. Super fun, like and super cool, memorable moment. When I first saw like what was your proudest achievement or whatever in gaming, like whatever the quest is that I answered this for, um, my mind flashed back to that. So I went to the Wayback Machine and found the website. Sadly, the game isn't working, but I did find the website and it should be linked in there in the quest and all of that. Um, you can see like a screenshot image of like the Agent Code Red is the name of the, the game, but nobody knew what Code Red was because they hadn't come out yet. Now, now I know what I need to make is the tease. If I remember to make the tease post, I have to find the link to that site. <laughs> Just, yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it for you. No, and I'll send no it to, to self. You.